divisional round has come to an end. Four matchups, two David and Goliath battles, and only one favourite loss this week. My name is Cad, and as always, Homie is with me. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Good. And I know, Homie, that after all these games, there's only one person on your mind after this week. Loves coming to games. Clearly a Chief Super fan. We've talked about them all year. A big supporter of Travis Kelsey. It is, of course, Jason Kelsey. Yes, Jason Kelsey, who was just a monster this week, was just despite oh, not playing a game. Talk about a mad Monday vibes. Yeah. Like, I've <laughs> yeah. seen him. He's been at Maccas. He's been at Maccas giving a girl a jersey, his favourite Maccas employee jersey. It also tells me so about his training regime. But, <laughs> and then we see him just on a... On a bender. He was on an absolute tear. I enjoyed this so much. Even I got a message from a mate. He's like, can you put uh, Jason Kelsey on your socials? <laughs> <laughs> I think I need this clip like, so we can reference it. I was like, I think there's enough out there. I yeah. think we're good, right? <laughs> I had that feeling where I was like, oh, maybe we should grab some of this footage and put it on our socials. But everyone else will do it. Didn't bother me. I've been on Twitter for the last like 24 hours just watching Jason Kelsey clips. It started off with him, we saw the first footage of him tailgating with Bills fans. And you think he's coming in here to support the Chiefs. But no, good guy, Jason Kelsey. He's lifting what it looks like a bowling ball of this cocktail or whatever, chugging it with Bills fans. And then we see him in the game going absolutely bananas. And that footage went across to him and he's just leaning out of the box shirtless, just in a full... It wasn't, it wasn't even Travis's touchdown, it was Pacheco's. It's like, <laughs> nah, we're giving you... It's, <laughs> to overshadow like, the Taylor footage, they're like, nah, nah, we're running with Jason this whole time. He stole the, he stole the show. She's probably <laughs> grateful to be like, yeah, yeah. please, Jason, take she it. She got to slide up the back for once and have it. She was down in the beers up the back. So even the footage of like when she come on the screen and he's up the back behind her yeah. drinking. Jason's and shirtless, like, just necking shirtless? a Bud Light as, <laughs> as hard as he could. And then he jumps into the crowd. Did you see that bit? When yeah. he gets out, he got out of the box into the crowd, was picking up children to show them taylor swift and stuff like that <laughs> i'm thinking oh, people he's gonna be the most loved person at the moment right oh absolutely and everyone just i think would actually want the chiefs to visit them if it means jason's gonna come by and basically be a mascot for the nfl and there was a few things one when he jumped out of the booth you know that was an awesome moment what was more impressive is him jumping right back into the booth it was about a two minute yeah. drop and he just lifts himself straight back in you think okay you look like just any standard Bills fan, actually, who's attending the game because of your physique and your beer sculling right now. You're a fit as hell guy, and you're strong you as nothing. Like, you kind of had that that man bod, but then it was like jacked underneath. Like you're like, <laughs> oh, he could probably rip you apart at some point. So be nice, you know, be yeah. kind. Well, Kylie Kelsey oh. actually uh, shared a text. It was a screenshot that she, oh sorry, Jason shared it because Kylie texted him and it said. Uh, his daughter Ellie says, "Dad's boobs are showing." <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. She was there too. She was having a good time up the back. She was yeah. up in the few shots. She must be thinking, "Oh God, I've got to put up with that at home now all the time." I did. Let's see, get him a job. I did see something online that um, they'd asked Jason how many beers he made may have consumed that day. He said, "Oh, if I had to think about it. It's probably about 20. They go, oh, geez, well, how drunk were you? He's like, probably a five out of ten. You know? 
Jeez. <laughs> he's giving oh. me like those boonie vibes that he's like on the flights there and back in two and he's doing at least 20 to 30 beers on a cross-country flight. I think that's probably why all Australians would get behind him. He's kind of got that Australian vibe, doesn't he? It's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that guy's an animal. <laughs> yeah. We love animals. <laughs> he is a man beast. You're right. Let's get him a job. But also if the NFL just hire him as super fan and they just give him a It was weird because I was, I was kind of like, oh, will he come out to Taylor Swift concert? No rational no. reason. No <laughs> rational reason. Artist is like, oh, surely he'll come out with the family. He's got nothing to do now, right? Even the girls will come out. They'll get out. And I was like, oh. So every time you just want him to be, you just want him to be his friend, don't you? Like, yeah. Every time. Any oh. other player acting like that at a game is probably yeah, going to annoy get, me. Yeah, it would annoy everyone. Yeah. Everyone would be like, that's inappropriate, you know, showing all that drinking, blah, blah, blah. I think everyone just kind of loves Jason, so you can't really be mad at that at all. Nah, can't be mad. All right, moving it on. We've got some news, homie, that we better dig into before we get to these games. Starting it off, after players and fans have been rallying for this decision, Antonio Pierce has been hired as the head coach of the Raiders. Now, from week nine under Pierce, the Raiders reportedly left the, led the NFL in fewest points allowed per game, defensive touchdowns, and fewest penalties. They also had the 10th most takeaways, ranked third in most sacks. Now, these all sound very positive for an interim coach coming in mid-season, but what are your thoughts on this decision, homie? It's, I think it has to happen because if they went another direction and there was no success, it's probably a lot more risk than taking him because everyone is happy with him. So I think you wouldn't probably want, don't want to rack, uh, rock the apple cart here. I think this is a problem with an interim coach and firing people in the middle of the season because... You can get into these situations. They might have not wanted this direction and now they've sort of forced their hand a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I know a couple of other teams interviewed him as well. So it's like, they're clever. I'll do that as well. Just pretend we're going after him just to make sure they lock him down. But I, th- <laughs> I don't feel like they had another choice here, Kate. No, like I'm always excited to see what a new coach can do with a team. It's always exciting to see what dynamic they can shift. But my main thought is, yeah, that the players and fans wanted this. You guys can't blame the organization if this is wrong. Like, oh, they will. Yeah, oh, the hundred percent they will. But I'm yeah. not going to let you get away with that. At least on this very small platform that we have, <laughs> <laughs> you'll be in trouble with onside putt. But I, I think there's a lot of improvement we saw, but it was only on the defensive side. And now the offense of the Raiders had a lot of issues. Obviously, they had a rookie quarterback that had to lead them. Aiden O'Connell, nothing really shined there. Maybe it's enough. But who's to say? You know, we, we always think there's a lot of coaches' reasons. You know, Frank Reich, who we had for the Panthers, in you know, he's meant to be a great coach for developing quarterbacks. We didn't see that at all. Antonio Pierce just seems like a cultural component in this decision, and I think that's the main driver. Maybe they're trying to see what Dan, like that Dan Campbell team-led mentality for the players by the players is going to do for the Raiders here. It feels like they've gone straight for we're going Raiders vibe. Like we don't. We've gone another direction. We sort of modelled it around maybe the Cowboys kind of a little bit with the style of coach that they had on there. Mm. And now it's like, now nah, let's get back to Raiders brand. Like let's let's let people support the Raiders and let's have a Raiders coach and probably draft Raiders players now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, instead of this sort of Ex-patriots. yeah, I think they've gone away from their their style and their their people. And now yes, they've fixed it up defensively, but. There was no offense anyway, so yeah. they've got to go. They've got to go shopping as it is. But 
maybe we're now with a Raiders vibe. They can find a Raiders team and it's kind of a little bit scary that they're they're buying the back into their back. old yeah, identity. Yeah. <laughs> because this guy is Raiders, right? Like even in the off season, he was cruising around in a Raiders blazer, just like repping. And I'm thinking, oh, they're coming. They're Look, coming. He grew up in in the rough spots of LA and, you know, was always a Raiders supporter growing up. He gets that identity and, and that's what they've always kind of loved him for. It is a worry for especially teams in the AFC West. If they get going and they're still going to, you know, what did uh, Dan Campbell say? Bite the kneecaps off. I feel the Raiders are. We're going to take a pound of flesh every game. Yeah, I feel like they're going to be always a disruptor now. And so <laughs> they, their season will be disruptive. And it's an interesting one because uh, Antonio Pierce and um, Mayo, I can't think of his first name. Jared, Jared Mayo. <laughs> Jared, Jared Mayo for the, the Pats' new coach. So they're former NFL linebackers, both of them, former Super Bowl winners, pro ballers, and team captains. So if you're freshening up the resume, that must be the critique at the moment. So there must be going for just leaders now, looking for leaders instead of dictators. Yeah, I, I think that's an issue. Yeah, you know, if I think of a dictator, I think of Bill <laughs> Belichick, honestly. <laughs> Full control and autonomy of the team. But yeah, a leader here. I, I still think, you know, what we saw, and we'll definitely talk about it later on, is what Lamar's done for the quarterback decision and, and what you want in a quarterback these days. Maybe Dan Campbell's starting an influence of what you want in a coach these days. I think it's so few, it's so rare that that coach works out, the one who is by and for the players, and that he's even there in the organization long enough to actually see it work. So we'll have to see the Raiders like getting rid of their coaches pretty quickly. So we'll have to see how long they actually are able to hold on to the Antonio Pierce experiment. All right, moving on to teams that are holding on to their coaches, Cad. So McCarthy will return for the Cowboys in 2024. Uh, still not renewed till after 2024. Is that right, Cad? Yeah, it's looking that renewal is not expected, especially at this point in the season. I don't know what he has to do next year to get that renewal. I even feel like if they take it to oh, a Super Bowl... Oh, get knocked out in the first round, Cad? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the bare minimum, yes. Uh, you know, I, I think it's interesting with McCarthy... You and I thought, he's a great coach, right? He should stay on with any team. You know, if he went on the market, he'd get picked up anywhere else. Do you think there's any credit to the Cowboys getting another coach? Because right now the market's full of decent coaches, for sure. Just in the hopes of a change of pace, in the hopes of unlocking that next layer, that next tier of potential that they need to go forward. No, I don't. I don't I don't know why it's even a conversation for him. He's, he's doing what he needs to with his team. If you did that, well, I know we'll talk about the Bills later, but, you, you know, they're playing playoffs. Like every, you got to let that, you got to let that evolve. They're learning from, from these losses as well, you know, and they might, it might be enough for them to to work out what chink is needed to get them into that finals playoffs and be a finals team instead of a regular season team. So I don't see why a coach would would change that narrative. I think it's like that comparison right there is something I've been thinking of between the Cowboys and the Bills across the NFC and the AFC. Two teams that are continuously, consistently getting into the playoffs and getting knocked out. But you're right, that narrative isn't around Sean McDermott, the coach of the Bills, uh, or Josh Allen, but the narrative around Dak and Mike is consistent. Is it just the pressure and the hype of where America's team and the expectation of the fan base is that we should be winning Super Bowls every single year? Well, because they're not losing to the Chiefs. It, that's the 
they're losing to the seven seed packets. Yes. And you're like, that's why you, a narrative gets built up because you're losing. If you get to the conference final and you lose it, I think that's a... To, to the ex-Super Bowl winners multiple yeah, times. Like, right, yeah, I think that's okay. I, I think that's a pass. But you've got to get into the the grits of the, of the playoffs instead of just lighting it up regular season and then turning over when you get to the first pressure game of the season, you know. <laughs> It still makes me laugh. Sorry, Cowboys fans. But <laughs> <laughs> we just brought it up so we could talk about it. A yeah, bit literally. More. Yeah, yeah, there's no, there's no real news there. Uh, all yeah. right, the Detroit Lions have some news at tight end, homie. Yeah, so the Detroit Lions they've gone and picked up Zach Ertz from the Cardinals. Yes, he was, yeah. was at the Cardinals. So sources from ESPN report that he. He actually asked for a release because he wanted to get picked up by one of the contenders. And luck be have it. Uh, Brock Wright has sustained a forearm injury in the game just on the weekend. So they've picked him up and he will line up for, I don't know how much game time he'll get, but they need him because Sam Laporte is a bit banged up and he was a bit hard yeah. done by the end of the game being by himself. But there we go, Zach Ertz. What a little cherub that would Wouldn't that be a little treat just getting picked up right now in a Super Bowl? I think Contender. it's yeah. It's like when Odell joined the Rams late, and then they ran yeah. through for the playoff, like to the Super Bowl that year. I was kind of like, D- "Did you earn this one?" Like, sure, he actually was key in a lot of the you know the playoff games, but I feel the whole season's going to be given it's so foreign to Australian sport as well because you could imagine the, someone drafting someone a week before the AFL Grand Final. They'll be like, "Whoa, oh, yeah, no, no, that would not go down well here." And I don't think it really go. It should go down well in America, but maybe it's just drowned out. But it's it's not like they've got Mark Andrews or something like that. You know, Zach Ertz is capable, but you know, I don't think he's one of the best in the game by any means. No, nah, but oh gosh, I'll be happy turning after training. I'll be so stoked. <laughs> I'll take one. Yeah. I'll take one run. <laughs> just give me that ring. Field. I want that ring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, in other news, Nick Sirianni, head coach of the Eagles, is going to meet with the media on Wednesday US time, so about our Thursday, to discuss what the hell's going on with this coaching team. We know that there was that kind of rumoured thing from the GM that said, Nick, if Sirianni is staying on, you're going to have to fire both your OC and your DC. They have fired their defensive coordinator, so I expect there will be some big questions for him, homie. We will be tracking that, and uh, hopefully it all comes out before our uh, Thursday show. But lastly, to remind everyone who hasn't seen it, we are running a giveaway promotion on our Instagram at OnsidePunt where you could win an NFL jersey to the value of $200. Visit our page, follow the three steps to win, tag your friends, tag your colleagues, tag anyone who's scheduled leave on Monday the 12th of February. They're likely going to the Super Bowl. They'll need a jersey. They'll need a jersey. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) The winner will be announced on our 6th of Feb episode, so make sure you get it in by then and then we can announce it then. But, yeah, exciting. You'd love to give it to a listener. What jersey would you pick? Ooh, that's a – I haven't even thought about that. Yeah. Can I enter this competition? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not winning the tipping cup, so (laughs) let's see what answers I can get. What, what oh, you can tag your friends, Kat. You can <laughs> tag your friends. <laughs> I think I would get a Sammy Laporta jersey. That's good, actually. Yeah, that's maybe good. just a little different. I don't have any line stuff, and, and I love that team. So, yeah, maybe that's the way I'd go. How about you? I reckon I'd go sample from Bengals. Sample. Because <laughs> I love that jersey just, so much. It just looks like an incomplete jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's whip it over to the games.
All right, Cad, what was the first game of our divisional round? Only four games, it seems, so long ago, oddly enough. But we're kicking it off with the Ravens versus Texans. And the Ravens very easily handled the Texans with a 34-10 win in Baltimore. Sadly, homie, ending the Texans' incredible season and the rookie debuts of CJ Stroud and D'Amico Ryan. Now, this wasn't the game that we wanted it to be. I'm, I'm glad the Ravens are going through, but we at least wanted it to be close. Just Houston only able to manage one touchdown and one field goal in the first half. Toe-to-toe with the Ravens, to be fair, but then got completely shut out in the second half while the Ravens ramped it up. We spoke about the aggressiveness of the Ravens' defense here. Do you think it's fair to say that they won this game for the team? Easily. Even the the touchdown was a punt return. So technically the defense didn't even give up a touchdown in this game. And the second half, they just got even harder. So what did they do? The Ravens, they held them to no points in the second half. Yep. Kept CJ to 68 total yards in the second half. And they just controlled every element of that offense who's been so dangerous against every other team. It was oh, it was scary. They are that good. It, it was one of those things of going, oh, okay, you're not going to stumble like the big teams we saw last week. You're actually mm. just on track to power through here. And I, I feel the Texans, we talked about teams playing their Super Bowl early and they reached their ceiling. Sure, I think the Texans could have gone a lot further if they didn't come up against the Ravens this time, maybe against the Bills, maybe against the Chiefs, who knows, that they could have actually sprung a game here. But it seems fitting for me that this is where their season ends. They did incredibly well to push it this far, but I just didn't think they had what it took to take on the big guys here. And it, and it looked a lot like that they kind of gave up in that second half. It was it was not even that they gave up. I, I just don't think they could get any traction at all. Like, even though CJ didn't get sacked, they were constantly pushing him into the backfield, constantly. Yeah. You were noticing he was always having to go a little bit further back and back as they kept pressing him. And then they covered Nico Collins so well that... It really looked, they looked limited in their options. I guess that's the Tank Dell effect a little bit as well. There wasn't yeah. that secondary option for them, but they just, yeah, defeated. They were, they looked defeated, didn't they? They was, they were done. Their season was done and they could not get, a, they couldn't get a shot off on the Ravens at all. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's a shame, but the Ravens are doing what the Ravens are doing and they're looking, especially after this week, as the front runner for the rest of the season, which is interesting with only three games to go now, homie. Why don't you give us a grade of the Texans season here? I think this is one that it's going to be quite positive. Oh, it's A+. Plus. Yeah. I have loved everything about this season. Well done to the both the coaching, rookie quarterback, rookie coach. Mm. A patchwork of, of veterans as well coming in, like Singletary, as we talked about all season. We didn't think he was going to be that dynamic in this team, and he proved us wrong again and again. They've got so much moving forward off the back of this season. They might have a, they might lull a little bit because it, <laughs> that was a crazy season, right? There was way I have that feeling too. I'm like, was this just a, a one shot? Like, you know, do I have to entertain the fact? It doesn't that... feel like it though, does it? No. It doesn't. You think like, oh, they're a contender now, and then we saw the Jag season, so they'll be, <laughs> you know, they'll be thinking we might be the big dog in this division now. So yeah, they might carry that narrative into the next season. But I'm excited by them, and nah, what do you give them? Oh, A+. Plus. A++++. Plus plus yeah. Plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. You, you can't not go past that. For every reason you said and, and a lot more, it's just great team. Entertained us out of nowhere. It was a fun team to watch on top of the excellent play we saw. And also, you know, just you love a, a team that just comes out of nowhere. 
yeah, it's super fun. But we do say goodbye to them now. And I want to get your opinion on Lamar Jackson, though. <laughs> well, oh. I, oh. I had a point here. I said that the stat lines for Lamar, I think, are excellent. And I saw uh, Dan Olofsky, he's an analyst on ESPN and, and sometimes a commentator, he was talking about Lamar and saying that Lamar's going to use the playoffs to prove to everyone that he is a quarterback, not a running back, and he's sick of that narrative. And on Sunday, Lamar managed to run for 100 yards and throw for 152, which is awesome. I, I want to say that no one should take issue with how Lamar decides to play quarterback. It's successful. He is now the model, as we mentioned, that everyone wants a quarterback that can run. They'll not get one like Lamar that can run like this. But we know he can throw it. We know he can prove it. He just didn't have to in this game. First half, he was like, all right, well, I'm not really getting the pass game going. Just going to leg it. The the highlight for me was when he gets the running touchdown in the second half and goes down the tunnel, yeah, down the race. <laughs> so he yeah. just he goes. It, got, it weirdly reminded me of, uh, what's that movie? Longest uh, Forest Gump. Oh. No, Forest Gump, <laughs> where he runs through the end of the field and just, just keeps, keeps running. Like, Is he coming back? Is he coming? I thought he was like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm going to the change room. I'm getting straight home. <laughs> I was so joyous. And I just think, he, you know, he had some question marks coming in. Like, this is his second win in the playoffs. And I, I feel like he's, this could, upside could be even bigger because of that monkey that he shook it off. You know, it's yeah. like, can you, like, it's like, ooh, do we see upside now for the Ravens? Which could be scary, right? It is. And, you know, even thinking about that, oh, this is only their second playoff win? Like, Lamar's second. Yeah, well, Lamar's. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah. what? <laughs> what are you talking about? This guy that is clearly so elite. And that obviously comes with the injury pass. It's just the credit to the Texans' defense is, is they did limit the pass, but the Ravens couldn't get much going. Clearly not enough, though, and that's for any team going forward and any team that versus them next year, and we all know this. Yes, you can shut down the pass, but it's not even Lamar's running game. Yeah, he ran for 100 yards, but there was also 120 yards from the rest of the running team as well, so 220 total yards of rushing from the Ravens in this game. You've got to know how you're going to stop them. If you cover them up deep, they're just going to run right up to the 10. And it controls the clock as well. Like we learned that other teams did not manage clock well. No. And this is where you can manage it with the run game. And they just take it out of they it's safer. It's it's a lot safer. And you know, now they could be dangerous. Everyone's gonna defend the run. If he goes to the air, Zay Flowers, look out. Yeah. He will come again. <laughs> Odell Beckham. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You you like it. Oh, this is dangerous team. This is a danger. I'm excited by them now. Oh, I'm, I'm super excited. You just want to watch how they win and hopefully they've got a big contender wherever they end up. But I'm assuming, and we're all assuming, that they're going to the bowl. Homie, why don't we move it on to another big matchup, the other Goliath. Well, this was the surprise packet of the weekend. I think we saw a great escape here, Cad. Uh, you know, <laughs> ending the fairy tale for the Green Bay and the seven seed, but it was a wet and slippery game. And for a long portion of this, I thought our playoff disruptor was going to take another scalp. History was on their side as well as they headed into the fifth. Did you know this, that uh, under Kyle Shanahan, San Fran has not won when they are down by five in the fourth. Yes, I did see that pop up. And I thought, oh, it's written. Because anytime I see those, you know, like we said with the, was it the Seahawks, Eagles game that happened and they said they've never beaten them. And I think we talked about it on the show. I thought, Oh, yeah, whatever. It's a different team. Those stats weirdly just hold up, and I thought it was in the back. It's funny. It would be to be that stats guy in the room, guy to the commentators, hey, guys, 
We're in trouble here. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. We've got a historical stat here. We're in big trouble. But the unfortunately, the inexperience, I think, of Green Bay might have showed up here and uh, it might have cost them the win. After an Aaron Jones run, monster run, another monster game by him. Again, the fifth game in a row, over 100 yards. Well done to him. Mm. But the kicker, Andres Car- Carlos. Andres Carlos? Yeah. I don't think I need to learn his name, unfortunately, but uh, has missed <laughs> a field goal that would have put him up 24 to 17. Cad, the kickers have not been good this week. And Carlos has probably been one of the worst for the whole season. I was nervous when he goes out there anytime. He's got the worst stats across the board. And I think everyone knew this was going to miss. Yeah, it had that feeling, especially, you know, we see it in a game later in the in this in this uh, program which we'll talk about last I can't believe that he was able to stay on as a kicker here when we knew about these issues and you see all of the score lines for at least three of the games of this week first quarter three and seven second quarter seven and three they're all equal and the field goals mean every point especially in the playoff game how the hell do they let this guy come onto the field because kickers are usually recycled like nothing else in a game where it's so brutal, I don't know how he's still on a list in the playoffs with his record. A little funny side note here, though. His brother was a kicker, and he got cut from the Minnesota Vikings after his first season, <laughs> his first rookie season. So oh, I don't at least he knows know. Who to talk to. <laughs> yeah, this is where it starts to get me sad because I've watched. I've, I feel like we've watched a, a kid uh, ruin his career forever. But it was a bad moment for the Packers probably would have put him in a really comfortable position. We still had a lot of time on the clock, but them, San Fran, the cream rises to the top and their superstars kicked off. We must say that Debo Samuel had left the game early. Mm. Um, shoulder injury. It is reported that he is now, it's not, no break, so it's he'll be 50-50 to line up. So we've got to monitor that one running into the, into the next game. But then we had, with three minutes on the clock, we have, we have Ayuk. For a catch, Connolly, which you would never would have heard of because no, it was no. fourth catch for the season. <laughs> yep. He apparently likes superheroes, so there you go. Um, Purdy goes for a run, then they hand it over to CMC to run it in there. Cat, it was an ugly game. It was an ugly win. It almost felt like they lost despite winning. Mm. Does this hurt them moving forward? Well, what they did lose is that Titan tag, I feel a little bit in this, where you saw the Ravens did what they were meant to do. They buried the lower seed team, got that done. The 49ers didn't do what they were meant to do. They're meant to show us that they are just as dominant as the AFC Titan, and they're going to come through. And it gives us a little bit of doubt, honestly, that they got caught off the mark here. They're going against a team that has been consistently more aggressive next week and can challenge them in different ways. If they stumble, they have slow starts. If they can't get things moving, I don't know. I think there's actually a chance here, and and which is great because I didn't think there was a chance of knocking through these guys a few weeks ago. It definitely closes the gap mentally, physically, mm. whatever it is. But, you know, Dan Campbell's talking to his crew now saying they're, they're, they're weak. They're broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we saw again, I hate to highlight Brock Purdy, but he's – the only first round draft pick not left. Like the others are all first rounders. He's unfortunately last, <laughs> <laughs> last round of the last, last pick of the last round. Yeah, and it, it, it's the but it's the conversation that narrative will 
just does not go away for them. And every time he has a poor game, it wasn't a poor game, but it wasn't a great game. He just, they weren't fluent. I reckon they might've gone with the, they've had a too long a break. They did just, they didn't have that connection straight away. Debo Senor goes down as we've learned from their previous poor efforts. They sort of slowed up a little bit. They get off, but you've got to give it to CMC a bit more. He could have just run this game completely. Clearly. 69-yard <laughs> winning drive. Of course he can run this game. I think that that uh, narrative that you were talking about, about Brock Purdy, we had a little bit of discussion about this off air. And it's not that Purdy isn't a good quarterback or he hasn't shouldn't get the credit for being successful with the 49ers as well. But it's winning in big moments in the playoffs. And when you're going against equally balanced team, it's who controls in when the time crunch is on. Josh Allen can do that with kind of cowboy throws. Patrick Mahomes can kind of do that with cowboy throws. Lamar Jackson can put the whole team on his back. Can Brock Purdy be solely reliable? Is he the one who puts the team on the back? Or is it CMC or Debo or anyone else in this team? Yeah, I, I see it as CMC. And I think that's where he's going to get more into the game. He could have, they could just run him up 30 carries a game yeah. and just be done with it. I just don't see the... Just pretend he's the quarterback. It won't hurt you. It can be <laughs> he Lamar. He can throw like, as well. Let's be yeah, real. <laughs> yeah, he can do it. He can do it. But uh, we say goodbye to the Green Bay Packers now, and it's been an incredible season. They obviously go down 24 to 21, which was why that field goal was so important. It would have gave them that extra time. Green Bay have had another. They've sort of been on that Texas run where we're, they've surprised us. They've knocked off. They've knocked out the Cowboys. They nearly took Sam Fran. Cad. What do you give their season? It's funny, right? Because it's so I was so quick to give the Texans an A. And it's because they did this slowly improving thing the whole way through. And as we talked about a few weeks ago, that you kind of forget that the Packers are like, we're just kicking this off team. We've got a rookie debut, kind of at that starting quarterback at least. Let's kind of figure out how this works. And they won in chunks throughout the season. They would have runs of wins. And they snuck into the playoffs. They actually won their game in the wild cards. I, I'm going to actually have to give them an A. And I, mm. I didn't think I would. That wasn't my first gut reaction. It was probably like a B plus or something. But I'm going to give them an A because amongst all their challenges to come overcome and the coaching of Matt LaFleur and everything else like that, they've put it together. A from me. What about you? Yeah, I'm an A as well. I think they're the youngest, they were the youngest teams in the playoffs since 1970 or something like that. Mm. Their upside will be exponential. I'm not... They're sort of saying... I'll get your opinion as well. They say love is their guy and they'll lock him down. No doubt. He deserves that. But I'm not sure if they won't have a bit of a lull next season. I think it's, they're a young team that were running so hard. And so the break might just, they've, they've, they've had a big season. They've had a really big season. Yeah. It's kind of like would hurt from this. And I think the Texans will hurt from this as well. It's, it's excellent that you've had a, a rookie debut season that has gone so successfully but as we talked about with the Steelers, when you come into the playoffs and fall out, you're missing out on those draft picks next year. And as a young team, yes, you got a lot of weapons, but you wanted to come around fifth in the draft or 10th or something to be able to pick up some early extra talent to bolster that team. Then once all your players develop, you drive it all the way. So unless their scouting teams are elite, it's going to, I think, kind of hurt these teams a little bit. Jordan Love, though, absolutely their guy. And there's no doubt about it to me. Yeah, they've had a great season and uh, we say goodbye to them. But 49ers, they're on to where they're supposed to be. Mm. It's going to be a big matchup and they get the home ground advantage. I can't wait for the next game. But 
I love that there's question marks over them now, Kat. Oh, me too. All right, Kat, let's head into the Sunday games, our Monday games, and hit us off with the Lions versus the Bucks. Well, homie, in a, in a battle of what was trench warfare early, the Lions saved their best efforts for the fourth quarter and took the win over the Bucks, 31-23. to The battle was neck and neck and until the Lions offense put on two touchdowns and the defense was able to stop a two-point attempt from the Bucks, which ultimately kind of shut down their comeback and their momentum to reclaim this game. Let's start with the first half here, homie. When we saw the Bucks match the Lions' effort, I started to lose a little bit of faith in them and thought, we're looking at another big team about to go down. But I was mainly impressed by Baker, who started throwing with an early pick, but he didn't let that bother him. His mentality going forward, he was able to still do big plays and connect with Mike Evans. Oh, that boy, you can't shake him. He just keeps slinging him, doesn't he? He's sat like, in adversity for so long, it seems, that he just doesn't doesn't phase him anymore. No, and he, he's not scared to try and take the win. He, I think that it was – I felt opposite with this game. I was waiting for the Lions to shake the Bucks off. I thought – I thought the Lions had control of the game, but they couldn't shake them off mm. because Baker just keeps them in the game the whole time. And I think that's the threat of the Buccaneers and with Baker at the helm. He just keeps you in the game when you shouldn't probably be in the game. Yeah, the, like there was points where they were backed up on their own end zone and doesn't matter. They can launch a 30, 40-yarder to Mike Evans, who is perfectly positioned to jump on the sideline and dive out to stop the clock. He set Evans up for 147 yards and a touchdown. The connection we've been talking about, definitely in the later end of the season, was incredible, but it wasn't enough to win this game alone. In terms of offensive players, what do you think the Bucs needed to win this game and succeed in the future? Is it a running back, a, a wide receiver two, a tight end? Uh, what, what position could have uh, improved this team or what upgrade could have got them there? Well, they probably could have started with their O-line because they gave up four sacks, which wasn't handy, but that's a bit of Baker as well because he's pretty rogue out there. But I think uh, I would have liked to see a little bit more upside by Trey Palmer, who's the their wide receiver too, I would say. Uh, but he's the speedster-style uh, wide receiver, and he just gets himself in the bad positions because he's too fast. And I would have loved to have seen if he could have had that sort of Nakua role, I think they could have had a bigger impact because – Obviously, Mike Evans tore him up, which we highlighted in our preview show that there was a chance that they, they give up a little bit here yeah, and to that position. And if they could have had a secondary that could have a secondary threat, that is, uh, that Trey Palmer would have loved to seen that upside. But that maybe that's something they look for in the draft coming ahead or maybe more of that veteran style. But they've kind of got the best veteran rolling around, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a, he's a bit older, Evans. I think he's about 30 as well. So there's, there's something they need to kind of start developing there. I think the run game is the most lacking spot for the Bucks, and it let them down on Monday. Baker's constantly under pressure to pass it. It limits the offensive, uh, sorry, it limits the offense in the diversity of their play calling and what they can decide to do with play action or any fake snaps. Shard White, I don't think is exactly the problem in my eyes. I'm going to agree with you that I think the O-line needs a revamp because he needs assistance in blocking and creating gaps there that you see with other great running teams where they can create windows for these running backs. I just think that I'm amazed. I think we forget that we were just ragging on the Bucks for so so long. And then, you know, you start talking about them in the playoffs and you're like, wow, what, a, what an interestingly good team. One of the coaches said um, in an interview, they were like, I don't, we, we don't know why you guys don't respect us. 
all we've done is got rid of Tom Brady. We're still the same team that won the Super Bowl a couple of seasons ago. <laughs> it's like, we're not sure why you don't respect us. And I was like, oh, that's a real valid point. So is it though? You've okay. got elements of that. They've got elements of that group. Like oh, they know how to. Yeah, I, like, I guess. It's but it's also good. like, you know, why don't we respect you? Because Tom Brady with your team wouldn't have struggled against the Falcons and the Saints all season long. Yeah, and we, you, you know that you coaches don't understand the pain we went through watching that division <laughs> yeah. all year. Yeah, we had to talk about it every week. It was hard for us. We're not yeah. fans. Look at us. We're actually debriefing right now just to say goodbye to, <laughs> to the last of them. We've done so, it. We've gotten rid of the AFC South. Yeah. I'll be, as we've said, final grade for the Buccaneers after a uh, tumultuous season. I think anyone that gets to this point is, uh, is going to get an A for me. I really? Just oh, okay. Yeah. I think I'll give him from the, this is from like the last half of the season. So, cause they could have just rolled over like the rest of them and just went out. But I think they got it together at the right time and they went a little run. Like they, and they started to, I didn't think they would compete in the playoffs and they've knocked out one and then I thought, okay. And they, and they put it up against another. And I think good on them. So a minus. Let's give a them minus because it's the South, uh, ASC South. So let's I, I do that. Literally. I can't get that regular season stink off my thought of this team. I, I think it has to be a B because of the edge way that they got into the playoffs. And yes, they got through a great uh, wildcard round, came up short at the divisionals. That's where they were meant to be. Not an A team, B team though. Well done. And Baker is rumored to be signing on. He hits the free market and there might be a lot of offers out there. So the Bucks will have to be uh, forking out some money to keep him, I think. He'd be sad because he lost his. He was getting two fifty a week every time he won. So two million if he made it to the Super Bowl. So he'd be he'd be a bit dirty right now. <laughs> All right, on to the Lions through to the NFC Conference Final for I believe the first time since there has been a Super Bowl. Used to be just the NFL kind of championship before that. First off, homie, the Detroit crowd were awesome. I'm surprised we could even hear that doink that happened in this game because they were just so wild. I didn't hear it. Didn't happen. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so fun, and it's geez, they keep rolling out the stars, and it's good fun. But I enjoyed the atmosphere, and they got the little lights. So I don't know what's happening there, but they've got these little lights. They they're running around, kind of like a Coldplay concert. Yeah, I is, think it, it is that not joy. the fans with their phones or the flashlight on? No, I think they've got something else as well. Like I'll keep an eye out, or we won't. No, we won't see him again. Sorry. You're not at home anymore, are you? You're no. on the road. Yeah. yeah. Then, and so. maybe that's an interesting point to actually discuss here. Going forward, you know, losing that home ground advantage, do you think it's going to take an impact on them? It does. Like It has to. We've seen what value it gives to the teams that were at home. I think if we look back on it, probably 90% were the home team, right, in yep. this playoff series. It's such an advantage and they're so loud. They've almost got... It's got English soccer vibes about it with the chanting and it's so much louder than I I can remember or they, maybe they've just turned up the sound a little bit, but it's so fun. And now they've got to go to, they got to get on the road. There so it makes get, everything harder. Get on the move. The Lions started this game with six offensive possessions. They had three, three and outs and could barely get over the 50 yard line. But I think we can credit the culture of this team here for not caving like the Cowboys. Yeah, I think you look at their last quarter, and they got better as the game went on. Like they, they stepped it up. And I think credit to you, if you know, you're going to be in, in adversity in a playoff, these are all great teams. So 
It's knowing when, you know, the ebbs and keeping the, the lows as low as possible, uh, as frequent as possible. And then their upside, they split them up. Jameer Gibbs, he went for 8.1 per carry by the end of the game, 6.1 after contact. He just, he just, he's unbelievable in that last quarter. I was, it was so much fun. It was him not only in the running game, but this receiving game that he's able to pick up as well and cut through. They're like, you know, just a little dump pass over the line mm. to him and he'll cut it up for 20 yards and exceed this team. Amon Ra running the jet sweep was also like, okay, yeah, diversify these players because he was very successful on that. Sam Laporta didn't get the scores, but so reliable in moving the ball here. I think it's great to have a backup now, as you said, with Zach Ertz coming in. They can put two tight ends on the line and make them think maybe they're going to either the tight ends. They're going to have just another option that the Lions, you know, didn't certainly need, but I'm sure that they want on on the offensive play. And then Jared Goff goes to 131 yards in a TD in the fourth quarter. Did exactly what his team needed him to do. And they've just shaken every narrative that's come their way. And now they've, they kind of got no excuses going to San Fran. They are a team that should be in the conference final and let's see if they can put up now. It's going to be great. I wanted to ask you on that one actually now, homie. So you know, the Lions can't afford to start slow next week. And the 49ers started slow this week as well. Let's keep that in mind. But do you think that they've had their little stumble? Great. Hopefully that's the stumble that they needed to learn from. And has that have they gotten that out of the way this week? I think both teams did. I think it's even they, scarier, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, but does it mean now that they're gonna both gonna meet at a hundred percent, like <laughs> at that at that real friction point? And I'm thinking, oh, these two teams, if they go at it, oh, it could be the greatest. It could it be could the be. absolute greatest. I it's can't a wait storyline. I'm I'm very excited for this game, but the best game of the week is yet to come, homie. Can you walk us through the Chiefs versus oh, Bills? I don't know if I've. St- Fully processed this game yet? <laughs> it just keeps oh, coming. Beef and, oh, Bills and Chiefs. I, I just called them beefs. I, like I've made them like a no, superstar it, name. I think they are the beefs because there's a lot of <laughs> there is a lot of beef there. Oh, it was good, but uh, I might leave it to Andy Reid here. And he, as he said, it's an all-time classic. And what a game it was! Tight highlight runs, catches that shouldn't be taken, and a dramatic conclusion. The Bills and Chiefs matchup has become like a Rocky series to me. It feels like we're like a little trilogy of films and it's every edge of the seat stuff, tension and pure emotion. And even as a non-supporter for these two teams, my heart breaks every time. Oh, yeah. I just I just can't hold it here. But uh, the Bills were at home, had a chance of to equalise it with a minute 43 remaining on the clock. Upsteps up Taylor Bass, wide right. <laughs> They hear the words again, wide right, uh, breaking Bill's hearts. How do you think they're waking up this morning, Ken? <laughs> well, I can tell you what was trending on social media. The three things in sports that were trending, wide right, Tyler Bass, and in all capitals, he missed it, which was... <laughs> <laughs> That's rogue. That last one, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case you didn't understand from the first two. Yeah. <laughs> I can't read that. What's it mean? <laughs> Okay, he missed it. He missed it. And I think uh, we were laughing that Josh Allen's post-game interview, it's sad, but it's funny. His quote at the end of the game was, it sucks, losing sucks, losing to them, losing to anybody at home sucks. So really, (laughs) really feeling that one. And I, you know, I don't need him to speak more eloquently than that. That's exactly how you feel. I felt like the pressure just said, 
Josh, just leave. <laughs> you don't need to be here, It's mate. okay, buddy. Anyway. Yeah, let's, let's do this tomorrow. <laughs> it was torture watching him do that press conference. Do you have any more, Cat? Yeah, I, I did want to raise one thing, homie, and it's the point for Bills fans, and I think what really stings here is that they're back to where they started again. And I don't mean only just getting knocked out of the playoffs. I mean, there's not much different here than it was last season. Knocked out of the playoffs again. Stefan Diggs. Seems to be having some issues here with the team. I don't know if it's back to whatever beef that he had with Josh at the end of last season, but there is a connection that's not happening there. He's not playing at his best. There's this issue where they've got a lot of injuries again, and they're right back to square zero. They've got to start all over again. How many times can they do this over five years with players on the team who have been there since the beginning of Josh and run through it? Now that the AFC is probably going to change again, we talked about the Texans. They're another threat in the AFC. They're in their first year, already came to the playoffs. They've got to overcome all of this and a whole bunch of unseen new challenges next year. Can they ever break this mold? What's going to change to get them there? And I think that's where Bills are kind of stuck in deja vu. I don't think it need. There's not a lot that needs to change. They, they, it's, it's that. It's almost the luck category. They're in that phase where they they probably feel hard done by where they, they don't have the luck. They keep coming up against the Chiefs who go on to win the Super Bowl most times or be in the Super Bowl. Mm. They keep losing to the player. They lost to the Bengals. They go to play in the Super Bowl. Lose to the Chiefs. They go win the Super Bowl. And it's, I don't think you can be too upset that that's what's, that's what's happening to you. But we did see them. They went from 6-6. Six and six. Do we commend them more for getting well, being at 6-6 six and six and going on a basically a run from there, but they changed their style. Yeah. And, and, I, and that's where I'm mixed up their OC as well. And that was a yeah, positive and impact. We, I saw, I see them coming out of this season and with a different style and it's it stacked up differently. They've got some decision makings to some calls that were pretty questionable. And I think they should, we should probably highlight that. Uh, Sean McDermott. Wait, weird ref calls in a in a Chiefs game. What are you, oh, that what was are fine. You uh, <laughs> even I was getting, I was even I was getting a little bit dirty. I was <laughs> like, we oh, we spoke at half time. I remember. But it, it pretty much even <laughs> itself out. It went both ways. But I think the Sean McDermott's fake punt um, decision should take some big criticism. Mm. You know, they they give the ball over on their thirty. I know they were trying to take advantage when the um, Chiefs only put ten on the field, but it's a big mistake and they got lucky that the next step from that was Hardman's fumble, which got a touchback. The game could have been done and dusted there and we would have even had this grandstand finish. I think there's a few, maybe they need to look at that elements, like what they act, how they, the game style they want in those moments more than, than the actual team itself. Yeah, it, it's, it's a tough call here. I, I think you're right though. They got the running game underway and it's making me think if they started the season, with that team. Now, they're not always going to, and there's no guarantees. Obviously, teams develop throughout the season. But if they started earlier than a 6-6 six and six record to get things going, maybe they're a higher seed. Maybe they end up getting in the first of the AFC. Like, you know, that's against the Ravens or whatever. But they looked better. Do they patch it all together next year and think, okay, we've figured this out a little bit? Do you think also, though, that they're going to struggle from not picking from the draft for so many years? No, I don't think so. I think they can, they've got the talent pool. They've definitely got the town pool. It's whether they lose, like if people get disgruntled, like in this, if they get impatient to, for the win. So they might, like you said, like a Stefan Diggs, 
does he go looking for a different place? I think that's where you start to get in trouble. But we talk about those uh, those moments, Kat, and, and they just kept coming in this crazy fourth quarter. So we had the fake punt, then Hardman's fumble before a touchback. Yeah. Then Josh Allen goes on a run and fumbles the ball. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that one got me so nervous because he looked like he was going to fumble it because he was half passing it while running. Then he tucks it in and manages to fumble it anyway. And they recover it somehow. Yeah. There was like seven Chiefs around that ball and then they, <laughs> they jump on it still. But then it all culminated with the, with the wide right field goal. There was still time on the clock though. So probably might, you know, you got to give Chiefs the way they were playing. They probably could have had a chance to get an, some points on the board after. The Chiefs, we saw improvements on their offense. Their defense was probably outstanding during this whole game. We saw big chunk plays given up by the Bills, which was a big problem. The Chiefs just happened to... We, I think the moment for us was when we saw Marcus Vendor scatling catch a ball. Yeah. I think... <laughs> Homie and I were on the phone at this point, and he says to me, oh, he's, he's caught a ball, it's all over, it's done. If he can catch this ball, we're, we're losing this game. That was the second quarter. Yeah, I, think yeah. <laughs> I think you make a good that, point, though, like that... We, I think what we discussed as well yesterday when we are talking about this game is that the Bills seem to work through long drives to get there. And they were doing it. There's no, no doubt in my mind that they were getting first and tens. But the Chiefs just seemed to get it done in 30, 20-yard chunks, as you said, and they could move up the field so easily. I think Travis Kelsey was a big part of that this game as well. Yeah, he took big plays, which is surprising because you should be covering He's he's not a yeah. We're used to double man. or triple coverage on this guy. Maybe they were distracted by Jason with his shirt off as well. <laughs> They're like, oh, that looks fun up there. Maybe I'll head up there. Ah, oh, damn it! There's Travis. <laughs> he's gone through for a touchdown. But Rasheed Rice, he continues, and even Clyde edwards helaire he, he got involved as well uh, with some chum chunk plays. I think the highlight was that they didn't give any sacks to Mahomes as well. And it's, they just give him so much time in the pocket there. And he, he knows he how to so avoid it. He comfortable, doesn't he? Yeah, it almost looks more strange to me when you watch Mahomes play and he doesn't have to run left or right out of the pocket because he just wants to. Yeah. He, he runs along with the receiver, follows the ball, and it's a big part of his game. You spoke about the Bills and their postseason style, but you look at the Chiefs in the postseason and it feels like it fixes every problem. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's ridiculous. a scary thing, isn't it? Yeah, they're almost way too comfortable and... The commentators were saying this, I think, at the beginning of the game, or I heard it from some media reps when they were saying that they almost wanted this narrative of being away because it gave them, and they weren't favourites. Bills were favourites in this game, oddly enough. They had an underdog tag, which they just shouldn't really have, as you think of with the Chiefs, but they embraced that. That would fuel them. They'd been so long since they felt like, okay, you think that being away is going to hurt us? We'll show you. We'll show you that that doesn't matter to us at all. Well, they've got to keep that narrative alive now because they're going again on the road. <laughs> and they're going probably, I think it would be a bigger fortress, the uh, Ravens' home ground. I think and they're going to be quaking in their boots. I think the history of them in the Bills is a bit like, well, we've, you know, in the in the playoffs, we know that we can take care of business. But the Ravens right now. Spooky. It's an exciting matchup with this <laughs> these two teams. I was sort of I was sad that the Bills went out because mm. it's been such a journey with them as well from that six and six as they kept going. But you sort of look at this matchup and you think, oh, two big dogs here. Like this is the big dogs, right? Yeah, I think watching the Chiefs actually play back to form, as you said, 
and I'm much happier to kind of watch them back in form and verse the Ravens than maybe the Bills who are basically have no defense left scrape through this game to get demolished by the Ravens next week. So let's have the Chiefs play on form. Let's We want the 100% game, don't we? Yeah, I still don't 100% believe they've fixed those offensive problems. I think there's, <laughs> yeah, some, there's, a point. there's some moments that we overshadowed where we're just like, oh, we'll just ignore that one because we've got enough we got enough catches, but I still think there's some issues there. But I'm so excited by this matchup with the looking forward to the Ravens and the Chiefs. Well done. You are a you are a playoffs team and you know how to get it going. And Andy Reid really gets his team going. So they'll definitely be the matchup for them. So. Oh, man. It just keeps getting better and better. And uh, that's the end of our, our recap of the divisional rounds. Now, next week, as we said, we've got Ravens and Chiefs. That's on Monday, 29th of Jan, 7 a.m. And then in the NFC, you've got the 49ers versus Lions, Monday, 10.30 a.m. Homie, who are the Aussies who are still kicking around in these teams? We need that that call from you to come true. I oh, know. We've got one in each. So we've got the Ravens. Uh, there's one there. So Daniel Fialehi. Uh, so he'll be rolling around there. 77. So you've got to keep an eye out for him. He's not always the starter, but he'll come on and off. So he's in the O-line protecting Lamar Jackson. So keep an eye out for him. And then obviously... 49ers, uh, Wisnowski as the punter here. So obviously he'll come on when they're punting. So keep an eye out for him, but he is one of the best in the game as well. So we've got a Ravens and a 49ers is those two, if you want to keep the Australian dream alive. God, I couldn't even, I think the whole world would turn on its head if the Super Bowl ended up being Chiefs-Lions after all this time. <laughs> Just It is it, you sort of, it is plausible though, it isn't happen. it? It is very plausible. <laughs> it is. That gap is closed. The Ravens and the Chiefs, oh, that's a good one. And then the 49ers, they've left a little gap for us to get excited for a Lions upset, I think. <laughs> well, no matter how many games we have to uh, review or preview, we still manage to keep this show at an hour somehow, homie. And next week, we'll only have two games to cover. We'll be diving in depth with each matchup and bringing you every thought, every possibility of how each team could win this game. Anything else to add there, homie? Just uh, these are probably these two games can probably be the the conference championship can be some of the best. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're the Super Bowls, right? Yeah, because it is a it is a sadness that you, sometimes these matches can't be the Super Bowl because they feel like they should be. But if you're looking to get right into it, these are the two games to watch. These will be the best of the best. So get around them. Maybe chuck that stick if you need to, or Put that flex time in because they'll be crackers and, mm. and then we'll see the big boys in the big dance. That's so. it. Good reminder for everyone to make sure you put your leave in for your Super Bowl day. I've got to do that myself. Mine's <laughs> <So. laughs> <Well, I'm> done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Holby, let's wrap it up. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onside Punt. Remember, whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started on your NFL journey, we've got you covered. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at Onside Punt. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, buddy. Get that leave in. I've got Hurry to, up. I really do. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter. You're off anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>